Yo, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back to Song Saves of the World. We are in an interesting predicament right now because <laughs> we are sitting on the floor of my bedroom, Monique and I. We're finally in the same place. I know you guys know we usually do these remote, but we're hanging out. We're oh, in undisclosed location yeah. of where I live. In the northeast somewhere. In the northeast, just somewhere around the forests of the northeast. <laughs> amongst the fairies. Yeah, amongst the fairies. And we were supposed to have an interview with a guest and they canceled last minute so here we are. <laughs> sometimes that happens so we're deciding to do a solo episode right now just gonna wing it yeah and we're gonna ask each other the questions we are gonna ask the guest fun it's called making the most of your time <laughs> you have to be productive yeah if anything you have to be productive and we haven't done a solo episode for this season three yet so These we thought fun. i think is this the first solo that we're doing in person no way is it yeah. really Wait, yeah. this is so much fun. <laughs> it feels like we have a real podcast studio, otherwise known as my floor. <laughs> We're having floor time. We have it's the podcast yes. studio. Yes. This is something Anika and I speak about a lot is floor time. Yes. It's like a designated time and space and kind of like vibe. Yeah. Presence. It's a whole thing. It's floor time. You sit on the floor and something changes about the atmosphere in the air. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it really does. It makes sense. I think that it might sound a little odd at first, but once you start having dedicated floor time every day, you definitely understand the benefits of floor time. Yeah. I think that like my immune system probably got boosted. <laughs> That's funny. I think it's like it's like similar. It's equivalent to taking a ginger shot. Like working one day. In a way. <laughs> a little ginger turmeric. Yeah, like these lungs, this liver, these kidneys. My body is my tumble. They they won't quit. Nope. <laughs> and it's all because it's sitting on the floor. It gets you closer to earth. It does. Grounds you. It gives me the same energy as not wearing shoes, which I also don't yeah. do. Yes. Not wearing shoes and walking around. You know what's so funny? I mean, this is like Not on the street, note, in the but, grass. Yeah, no. Yeah. But a side note, I was... Um, at work as i have to obviously have to have my job but yeah. i am in the line like talking to someone and mm -hmm. i don't know how we started talking about shoes okay and i was like oh you know like i'm not really a big fan of shoes like i don't <laughs> really like to wear shoes right and he was like oh do you drive with shoes on and i was like no actually i don't like i don't drive with shoes on you don't and then he asked me like what do i usually wear because he was like asking me like styling advice and i was like i can't help you like i don't really wear shoes <laughs> And I never so wear like, shoes. What's a shoe? So he was like, what do you wear? And I was like, oh, like, I usually just wear Birkenstocks, which, like, are shoes, mm -hmm. but they feel like Easily I'm kicked off barefoot. as well. Yeah. yeah. And he thought that I said, I wear socks. And I didn't know that he <laughs> thought that I said that. So he immediately looked so concerned. He oh. was like, you wear socks. And I was like, yeah, I mean, when I'm not at work, <laughs> like, obviously socks. when I'm at work, like I have to wear yeah. like these sneakers or like the flats. But of outside of work, like I'm only wearing Birkenstocks. And he's thinking like purely I'm socks. only purely wearing socks. And so eventually. Those Nike ankle high. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why are you so like floored by this like i don't understand you're taken back you're like oh my gosh like yeah. what do you mean and turns out he thought that i said that i only wear socks and then choose to work that's so wait when did he realize that this mistake had happened in the conversation i had i i ended up asking i was like because i was like oh, okay no, like, you were like not, why are you yeah, floored? I was like it's not that weird like and he was like what do you mean you wear socks <laughs> everywhere and i was like, like am i awake <laughs> <laughs> what is this girl talking about like, if my manager comes over here he's gonna be like this is not what you're supposed to be talking to customers about 
You were bonding. What's the problem? <laughs> so yeah, there's my that's my story. Okay, guys. Before we jump into this episode, in which we're going to ask each other the four kind of staple questions we always ask guests this season, the and ones we've always question. been asking, and a bonus question, which we don't know yet. Anik suggested <laughs> right before we record this. Let's throw in a bonus question, and we're going to make it up on the spot and see. But y'all seem to like these solo episodes, and we like them as well. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. So we're excited. But before we jump into it, if you don't follow us on Insta, do it we if you want. change that. Our Insta is sick. It's so cute. It's really cute. You'll like it, and honestly, it's cool. And and if you want to look cool having that in your follows list, you definitely should follow it. It's at Summary Saves the World. Um, and whatever you're listening on, uh, Apple, Spotify, anything, if you give this a like, if you give this a download, comment, any of that, it's all super helpful. Or review if you're on iTunes. It's great. It's wonderful. It's lovely. We really appreciate it so much. We do. And at Summary Saves the World on Patreon as well. You can sign up. You can get extra content. It's not that expensive, and the content's cool. And you can get sick get hoodies. You can get stickers. Yeah, it's not hoodies. They're cute. crew neck. Well, our crew necks are really cute. <laughs> they're really cute. The ones for this season are special editions. So yeah. they say they're pink um, tie dye, and they say SSW embroidered, and they also have a little like rainbow design embroidered because it's the gay season. Woo woo woo! Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. So, Sasha, what's your first concert and best concert? This is our icebreaker question. Not that the ice hasn't long since been broken between the Nika. (laughs) There's no more ice. It's a beautiful summer's day. (laughs) Um, First concert, best concert. Well, I went to, my parents took me to many kind of small concerts. And Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very... um, kind of rural area so there's a lot of folk there's a lot of festival type things but it wasn't usually like artists that I knew I would obviously go and enjoy it but I was just a kid going along and seeing people perform and it was cool Mm -hmm. but my first concert concert was Harry Styles self-titled album tour Madison Square Garden the one that changed it was your life June. In that photo. it really changed my life there's a photo of me and um my aunt lily hey lily <laughs> directly oh. after the harry styles concert going up an escalator in new york and my dad took it like from above because he does a lot of he was going with us because i was quite young not quite young. i was 15 16 i don't know um and my eyes were just glistening my eyes were glistening like i had honestly seen, seen. like I had seen a ghost, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but like a magical ghost, like a fairy, like something had just happened to me. It's like a magical experience. I really, I looked it's like odd. The doctor just descended from the sky and opened up his TARDIS and you were oh, like, oh yeah. Hey. Like that's literally what it, it looked like, like. You've seen something. Yeah. And you guys are both big Whovians, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> so that's, that was that reference. <laughs> it was, it is like the doctor just appeared and <laughs> brought the TARDIS, opened it. That would be my face. Yeah. But I would also be crying. There would just be like a, a, a steady stream of tears like, coming down my cheeks if I saw the TARDIS. It would just be crazy. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was my first concert. It was absolutely incredible, obviously. It was wild. I was dancing. Um, he sang If I Could Fly from the One Direction days. And 
I just had a meltdown and about my it. My soul left my body. My soul left my body. <laughs> my soul vacated the premises. <laughs> it was beautiful. And my best concert, um, I honestly haven't been to that many. Mm. I am going to many, many concerts this year. Okay. But up until now, I haven't been to that many big ones. I went to a Dodie Clark concert when in boston that was the beginning of fall of 2019 Mm -hmm. i went to that so that was pretty cool but honestly i think that my best one so far has got to just be the harry styles one because you know for your first big concert that's a big it's a big moment and i am was still a directioner (laughs) also love harry's solo stuff so what am i gonna say it was important it was a big deal and it was great yeah exactly what about you, Nick? First concert, best concert? My first concert was also like a pretty like my first concert was Taylor Swift. Mm, yeah, um, big one. That also was life changing. I like was begging my parents. I was like, "You don't understand. Like, I need to see her." In I need this. Like, th- I'm not asking you. Like, I'm telling you that I I you. need to go. I have <laughs> to. And my aunt actually ended up buying me tickets. She was like, "I." just i will buy the ticket for you because you will not stop talking about this mm. and yeah so i went to go see taylor swift her speak now album which i love Big so deal. much dear yeah. john wise oh uh, that's magical open. just yeah my soul left my body you were floating away i really was <laughs> i made t-shirts with the lyrics <laughs> on them i like I did the most. I wrote the 13 on my hand and I had uh, it in the teal. I wrote the lyrics down my arm like she does. Like I really, I everything. was doing the most and I was, I was so <laughs> certain. I was so certain because they do like after the show, they like pick out fans to like mm. come hang out backstage. And I was so certain that I was going to get picked. It's going to be you. And I did not get picked. But Aww, Taylor. I know. Anik needs to meet you. I know. I really do. Dedicated but fan. It's okay. And while that is obviously one of the best concerts I've been to, I think the best concert was I went to go see Lewis Watson in mm, right, yeah. Baltimore. Yep, I remember you saying that. And it was really I love like small intimate shows mm-hmm. and it was a tiny, tiny show, like such a small venue. And we were like right in the front row and we got to meet him because wow. he like came outside and talked to us while we were waiting in line. Yeah. And I think also just because, like, as a smaller artist, you know, like, how appreciative they are of fans coming out yeah, and like, going to shows and, like, yeah, spending yeah. time with them and, like, getting to know them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really cool and for that reason. And also I just love that EP that he had put out. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that was my best Lewis concert. Watson. I love him. Yeah, small venue shows are really special. I They're remember, just so intimate. Yeah, at the Doty show. It, was, it wasn't that small. It was House of Blues in Boston, mm-hmm. which it's obviously there was a there was a quite a crowd but we were in kind of in the standing area but it was obviously nothing like a stadium yeah so it was still pretty close and at the end of the show i remember she did this speech about how like grateful she was that Mm. everyone was there and then she said i wish i could i really wish i could personally thank all of you but i'm gonna try to go around the room and look into every single person's (laughs) eyes and and she was like even if the lights are too bright so you think i don't see you i can see you (laughs) like i can definitely see you and she's she did like a long scan looking through everybody and just being like just know i'm sending i'm saying thank you with my eyes and i'm sending (laughs) and i thought that was so cute so sweet i love when artists are like that yeah 
so the second question we usually ask guests is can you can you give us a background of your musical journey and how you got to where you are now i think we could potentially skip that because if you listen to this podcast you know who we are yeah we we talk a lot we talk i think you <laughs> we talk I a think lot. you get it and then we put out an hour of us talking every week <laughs> i think you kind of know we're both songwriters anika has an artist project um yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of all there is to it and yeah here we are and we have a podcast together yeah i mean there's more to together. it but, really, but really if it. you want to know more like hit us up you know send us a dm send us a dm reach out okay so the next question we're gonna do is songwriters toolbox um which we usually ask when the guest we have on is a writer themselves and we ask for three things that they've learned throughout their writing career about how to make a good session or how to write a good song anything like that um anyway so we'll just kind of throw out the ones that we know Anik, would you like to go first we can go back and forth okay okay so the first one that i would say that i actually learned from you that i find pretty helpful is just like if i'm ever feeling blocked or anything to just like put on a beat and like freestyle melodies yeah. I just like not care so much because I Fuck, like, what am I gonna say now? <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm tagging onto that. I'm co-signing. Right. I mean it's your it's <laughs> a tool that I learned from Sasha, but I often like will be very like if something isn't immediately good, I am like I don't want it anymore. Mm. But to kind of just free up and not think so much helps. And so freestyling, yeah. just like literally blabbing, whatever. And then sometimes you find good things in it. And if not, you at least like run the tap. Yeah, run the tap. That's definitely a good one. Um, I think I would also say as someone who I think I usually have some nerves going into sessions if mm. it's a co-write. And I also am quite kind of focused I like want to get things done. I want to be mm -hmm. organized. It's kind of like how my brain works when I'm approaching session situations. But what I've learned to do is relax. <laughs> relaxing. I know that's kind of a broad one, but relaxing and listening mm -hmm. are a big deal if you're anything like me in the sense that I get into a room or I get on a Zoom call and I'm like, okay, guys what is everyone thinking? Let's make a doc. Like, what is, what do you want to say? <laughs> what is the story? What is our right. plot line? Which obviously is useful. Yeah. Like, All things that you do need eventually. <laughs> you eventually need that. Yeah. But I think kind of Sasha of the past a mm -hmm. bit, and still sometimes I think about, I do actively think about this, but would kind of cut into the, chat time and the listening time and the kind of mood reading time at the beginning of a session because I was nervous or I just wanted to get the ball rolling and so what I would say is have a little faith in in the emotional connections of a session and the conversation and where it leads and listen to the people around you because mm -hmm. it's easy one. to it's easy to get your blinders on but you have to remember that the beauty of a collaborative session is the collaboration. Very true. And you have to be relaxed enough to let yourself collaborate. Anyway, so that's one of mine. Do you have any more that you're thinking of? Wow, really having the roles reversed. I'm like, how do people come up with three things on this? Floor? I know. <laughs> oh, this is kind of 
um, more of a practical one that doesn't always make sense, but I often like to start with a chorus. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of a small tidbit because I think if you, you can obviously start with a verse, whatever idea you have initially go with it. But if you are looking at a session and not knowing where to start, sometimes it's good to start with the chorus because it centers you. It locks it down. This is the hook we're trying to get to. And everything else usually goes really smoothly around that. Mm -hmm. Whereas there can be some stress in like, oh, we're writing a verse. Okay, okay. We have a pre and then shit is supposed to be the best part. And uh, where where are the ideas? What are we doing? And so often it's good because also even just conceptually, the chorus is where you are rounding up your theme, Mm -hmm. all of your information. What's your final statement? It's like, what's your thesis statement in an essay? And when you're writing an essay, you have to start with your thesis statement. So it makes the most sense. That's true. Editing was a hard thing for me, but Mm. now I'm like super happy to edit things. But I used to be like married. Like if I had something that I liked, I was like, I'm married to this idea. I don't want to change it. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, I can go back and make this better. So like sometimes it's good to write something and even if you love it, give it some space and then go back so you can look at it objectively and see where you think you could actually probably improve. Is helpful. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Editing is a really hard thing to get used to doing. Yeah. But it's definitely super beneficial once you Yeah. Start doing it. Yeah. I think one more that comes to mind is we've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're writing for pop, if you're writing for something that you want to be easily digestible and catchy in that sort of way, mm-hmm. I think writers often overcomplicate because we're thinking uh, we have a thought. What if the thought is like the concept you're trying to say is, oh, I really miss you. Mm-hmm. And then a writer's like, okay, well then how do we say that? Like, what should we say? Maybe we should add this metaphor. Maybe we should paint this story, this picture, which is all great and beautiful and mm-hmm. can work so well. But if you are specifically going for this kind of um, easy listening pop that a lot of writers are going for, sometimes you can just remind yourself, oh shit, I can say what I mean. Yeah. I think that has that was really revolutionary for me. Like if I want to say, I really miss you, I really miss you. You can just say it. Just say yep. it. Sometimes it doesn't work. It's not always perfect. Obviously, it's writing and it's art and it's going to be a case-by-case thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to say something, maybe just say it how you would say it if you were trying to explain it to your friend. And then that often comes across really well. It's a good one. I think yeah. that's a good one to end on. Perfect. Summer's Tulak mm-hmm. section completed. Because this podcast is the gay season. Gay season, yay season. Yay season. (laughs) It's the queer season. All of our guests, as you probably know if you're listening, are um, queer musicians that we love and stan and wanted to talk to. And we've been celebrating that this season. So we've been asking the question, who are some of your queer icons growing up or now in music or outside of music? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know I have many. In... (laughs) In music specifically, let me even, like, where do I even start? Arlo Parks, Fletcher, Conan Gray, Sam Smith, Justin Tranter. Muna, Justin Tranter, um, basically everyone I listen to, Girl in Red, Dodie, <laughs> Claro. <laughs> Who 
Who else? Taylor Parks. Um, oh, I love Taylor Parks. Janelle Monet. So many people. But those are all people that I kind of only knew about in my kind of older. Well, I'm not that old, if yeah, any of you guys know. I mean, I'm 18 in my like past few years life. I mean, in your like teenage in years. My teenage years. Which I feel like is growing up. That is growing up, yeah. What about you, Anique? <laughs> um, I mean, definitely a bunch of the ones that you said, like Sam Smith, I admire and still mm-hmm. do admire. Taylor Parks, Justin Chanter, I love. Arlo Parks, I love, which, I mean, was recent, mm-hmm. a recent discovery, but i love her Chef's kiss just literally like, so claps and sunbeams is so good it's just so crazy that she's 21 i know we just learned that arlo parks is 21 and we're simultaneously proud of her and upset yeah i mean that's <laughs> usually what happens it's like the first day she's like it's like what? wow and then you're like I'm damn proud. yeah i am proud yeah keep being gay guys <laughs> keep doing do it do your thing Keeping amazing. You're Make already your cool. Art. You're already cooler than most people. <laughs> Almost everyone. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, this is our. We just have our one more. Our surprise our question surprise for each question. other. Okay, we have to think of a surprise question. Okay, you have one. I think so. Okay. I don't really know how it's gonna come out because you know my brain doesn't make <laughs> sense. But. All right. So you come from two generations of writers, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Oh, and I my ta- mom and my grandma. Yeah. Are not songwriters. They no, are yeah, but they're fiction writers, writers and, a and poet. they're incredible writers. Mm. And so how do you think that that influenced you as a writer, as a songwriter or just writing in general? And like, oh. what did you learn from them that you use when you write music? Oh, stop, Anik. This is such a cute question. My mom's going to love this. <laughs> No, and my grandma, they both listen to this just every week. No, both Sasha's grandmother and her mother are both writers and they're both super incredible. <laughs> and Sasha's mom has like a poetry Instagram that I love so much. <laughs> like I read the poems and my day is just made so much better <laughs> so by funny. it. So and I think about this all the time because I think it's so cool how all three of you are writers, even if it's in like different aspects like in different ways like you're a songwriter and your mom writes poetry and your grandmother writes fiction like but still it's the coolest i mean they're gonna love that i bet my mom's smiling (laughs) ear to ear right now (laughs) listening to this (laughs) what have i learned from them i mean obviously obviously a lot i think that from my mom there's just was always kind of a confidence that was instilled with me when it came to writing Mm -hmm. that I was very much told from the time I was really young, like you can be a writer. You are a writer. You're a good writer, Mm -hmm. which for a kid, if you're told like, this is for you, like this is accessible to you. This is something that, that you can do and you can have. Right. Then obviously you feel much more comfortable exploring it. And I did like, Emily Dickinson poetry camps Mm -hmm. as a kid and and all that kind of stuff. And I also think that the way my mom speaks is very writer-esque. It's very poetic um, in how she speaks to me and spoke to me as a kid and kind of whenever she was trying to be inspirational or any sort of life lesson would, would use kind of 
kind of only slightly but metaphoric language and Mm -hmm. just that kind of stuff that definitely kind of I don't know if it shaped how I write songs but shaped how I see things and how I talk to people Mm. like my (laughs) like um my friend injured her foot uh, a couple months ago and I went over to her and immediately was like oh like you have a broken wing and then (laughs) and then she was like that's such a like that's such a your mom thing to say like because she like knows my mom and she was like your mom would totally say that and I was like yeah I definitely got that from her I don't know just that kind of thing um and same with my grandma it's just been I think I was definitely raised in an environment where writing was valued and important and also like handed to me is like you're allowed to have this and make it your own Mm -hmm. which for like a kid is definitely important i don't know how similar pop songs are (laughs) to the fiction novels my grandma writes and the (laughs) poems that my mom writes but yeah every time i would be in school and i was like i can't write this essay and my mom was like my mom would be like of course you can you come from writers just do it you're a good writer do it you have to do it like it's gonna be great because you come from writers and it would only be great (laughs) and i I feel like i was i was um hyped up too much (laughs) as far as my abilities (laughs) but yeah definitely the right amount of being hyped up i was was definitely hyped up it's funny i have a younger sister who's quite a bit younger than me and so she's in elementary school (laughs) right now and my mom says the same thing to her she'll often come into the living room being like i i can't write this like i can't do this my mom's like yes you can't coco is right you come from Coco's writers writing has moved me in ways <laughs> yeah. i can't even explain yeah. so she definitely is a great writer my sister wrote an eco letter and he cried <laughs> mind you my sister's eight years old <laughs> anyway okay i have to ask you a question anique I don't know if this question is going to make any sense because it's only fragments in my mind and it'll come together <laughs> as I speak. And if it doesn't, I have a backup question. Okay. But how do you think that being a nine on the Enneagram impacts how you write songs? <laughs> Nothing good, I feel like, <laughs> comes from. So I'm a nine on the Enneagram, which basically nine just means I'm the peacekeeper. Mm. Um, I think that it's something that isn't a great quality to have when it comes to sessions because no, because a lot of like the, any, I mean, I guess it's like unhealthy nine, but a lot of like the Enneagram nine is like feeling like the things that you say, like aren't really like valuable Mm. or that people don't listen. Mm -hmm. So it like makes me not want to like speak. That's hard. But I, I'm actively trying to be better at that. Um, it's definitely a slow progress. I think I think it depends too because if it's a session with multiple people, I mm-hmm. feel like it's easy for me to kind of like easily just like fade into the background mm. and not want to like I will participate, but I will feel like, oh, I can't say it like or if mm-hmm. someone already said something and I'm like, oh, like that's a good idea. Like mm-hmm. let me not say anything. But if it's a session where it's just me and someone else, like, obviously, because it's two people. um, Easier. Yeah. But I think that that's how it impacts, like, sessions. It's, like, a not great thing. Right. I think, though, that it 
can like it could be a great thing because a healthy nine like not that you're not a healthy nine i mean i definitely am an unhealthy nine in some ways <laughs> like let's yeah. not lie to the people <laughs> like being a peacekeeper being someone who has is good at making people feel heard and is good at working in a collaborative way and kind of helping people get along. Yeah. I think that that is a useful quality in sessions. It's just you can't have the unhealthy nine of feeling that your voice isn't important. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because that's what I wrote in my Limpy application when I was talking about what skills I would bring. I obviously didn't say like, I am an unhealthy nine sometimes. <laughs> and I... But I was saying that I was like, oh, I'm really good at like keeping or like grounding sessions and mm-hmm. good at like making sure that everyone feels heard and making sure that like if we can not use something here, like how we can bring it back in another way or mm-hmm. things that I do agree yeah. are. You're great at that Nine stuff. qualities. I love nines. Yeah, I have a, yeah. I'm an, I have a nine wing. Yeah, you do have a nine wing. So. Do you have an eight wing? I do. Yeah, I'm an eight wing nine and an eight is a nine wing eight. We meet meet right in the middle. We do. (laughs) Even though I feel like eight and nines are weirdly complementary of each other, but very different numbers. They are. Well, what's interesting about... If you don't know the Enneagram, eights are quite vocal. (laughs) Yeah. And the nines usually aren't vocal, but they are when it's like injustice. Yeah. I'm not a super like aggressive like argumentative Mm. person but if i like see someone being treated badly or like something unjust like you know that i'm going off yeah yeah of course but then it's always like that's your little eight kick you got in you just like that's i'm like odd i've been like this has been (laughs) i know like how dare you it's been growing right (laughs) this has been coming all along with the wing nine how does that i'm trying to think of like I don't know. I've yet to kind of really see because I know that it's a wing nine because I relate more to that, I think, than having a wing seven. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really deep taken a deep dive into how I feel that manifests in me. Yeah. And my personality. That's a good point. I didn't, I'm like trying to think of how it would. I mean, I definitely like in family settings can be sort of like a peacekeeper role. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah um <laughs> so that's the only one that i'm really thinking there's of. the nine <laughs> and it's not like great <laughs> it's not the best. it never is but yeah if you guys don't know much about the enneagram you should look into it what's interesting about the enneagram is that we discovered it through our friend bethany, bethany. artist named Deza, who we've had on the podcast go listen to her stuff it's great it's amazing but it's just so funny because i mean that would i think that was like the first or second time that i'd met her Oh, and yeah. we spent, like, the entire night doing, like, deep dives into, like, our childhood yeah, trauma. Yeah, that was so funny. And she was like, oh, like, I'm sorry for, like, taking up because we were, like, super interested oh, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, we were so loving, we're, like, we're living for it. Me? Like, <laughs> we mean, sorry. I was like, can you do mine next? Like, <laughs> wait, hold on. She's like, I'm going to read the childhood trauma. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, really I know, like, we were all crying. We're all shaking our boots listening to yeah, it. It's super cool, though. You should definitely check it out. I got mad defensive. Yeah. I got really defensive. They said you're an eight and read it. And I was like, I'm not like that. And then Anique and our friend Rachel Bachner, also go listen to her music, was like, no, you're like that. You're like that. They're like, in a a great way, but you're like that. And I was like, is it a great way? 
it's scary how accurate it is i sent it to my cousin and she like sent it back to me and was like this is absurd like this is so accurate i know the only i only have one friend who like was like that's not accurate and i was like no it is you just don't want to accept the truth and i know because i felt the same way (laughs) it's like that's not me and then i i sat with it and i knew i think it's interesting (laughs) they're like i think that there are some that are easy to spot too like how bethany was saying that you know that she's a four right she's a three oh three i can't remember which number it was that she's like you and i think she's the one who said she's like you often can tell like who is a three because they always want to be different yeah they outwardly express it yeah very much and i think that a nine is also probably pretty easy to spot Mm. because she immediately was like i'm just gonna go and say you're nine and i took it and i was like (laughs) anyway guys this is a long ass episode Um, we have another interview in half an hour so oh my god too yep all right well we love you we love you thank you so much for listening go follow us on instagram instagram on our personal accounts and on some rating saves the world oh yeah go follow sasha Valentine and nick blaze because you know it's fun it's they're cool tagged stuff. they're tagged in the sorry saves the world bio and we love you we'll see you soon and yeah that's really it go gays i'm a rock star